Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From Kim A. Snyder, director of the Peabody award-winning documentary Newtown, comes Us Kids, an insightful, rousing coming-of-age story, a generation of youth leaders determined to take the reins and fight for justice at a most critical time in our nation's history. Sparked by the plague of gun violence ravaging their schools, Us Kids chronicles the March for Our Lives movement from the point of view of Emma Gonzalez, David Hogg, Samantha Fuentes, and an expansive coalition of teenage activists involved over the course of several years as they pull together the largest youth protest in American history. The film again is called Us Kids, and we're joined today by the director of that film, and that would be Kim A. Snyder. Kim, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much. This is just such a wonderful uh, film. It's such a beautifully rendered insight into the life of these kids and what they've been through and what they're going through and how they see the future and so many different levels. It's just really well done. Tell me a little bit about your decision to move forward. And I'm going to ask this in the context of your previous documentary work with Newtown. When you approach them, did they know what you had done? What was that sort of process of you familiarizing them yourself with them? What was that process like? Well, it's true that I, I made the, the film Newtown with my producing partner, Maria Cuomo-Cole, over the course of three years. And I really got to know that community quite well. And who, anyone who's ever seen that film, it really was a, um, a treatise on collective grief in one community and what happens in the wake of what then was not uh, as commonplace, sadly, as what happened since that time. But it was a horrific moment that most Americans remember when those... 20 uh, first graders and, and six school teachers were slaughtered in their classrooms. I came out of that knowing those people really well, being sort of a new activist in the space, you know, filmmaker first uh, or side by side activist and just became um, really angry and impassioned about the issue. But I've never really made films coming from issue first. I didn't know more than anyone else about the, the, the issues of, 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 of gun violence so much. Um, it was much more psychological and, and you know, a, a deep dive into, into grief and what happened in the reverberations of that town. And I came out of it really feeling like there was this one lingering question as much as I thought, okay, I really, I'm going to move into a new, a new place. There were the stories of kids that I didn't tell who escaped that classroom. Um, it was sort of a sacred thing. I knew some of those parents and, you know, we all agreed that was not a territory we wanted to go into with traumatized surviving first graders at all. But it was really taken with the struggles that they were going through and thought about how many hundreds of thousands of kids in the country, the cost of that, are left with trauma. How many of them are in our black and brown communities? How many have lost parents to suicide at the hands of guns? And so that was sort of in my in my social consciousness part of myself and kind of moved on and was was uh, pursuing an entirely different project in Florida, oddly, where I was in Tallahassee with the mayor there on the steps of the Capitol. And of all things, Parkland happened. 
in oh the southern state. And it was just one of those fateful, bizarre things where I was filming Parkland had happened. And several days later, uh, Jackie, who's one of the core characters, you know, unbeknownst to me at that point, I didn't know her as an 11th grader, had gotten on the phone with a congresswoman and started to organize busloads of kids coming from Parkland up to the capital of Tallahassee. That was really the birth, that along with Emma Gonzalez's viral uh, speech, uh, we call BS, was really the birth of a moment and that seemed to change the gun conversation because it was coming out of the mouths of babes. So all those kids assembled in, in, on the steps and I had a camera and I was there. So I thought, well, okay, this is destiny. I sort of have to do this. When I went down to Florida, um, I didn't get to know some of the more well-known kids right away, but I ended up having a five-down sit, a five-hour sit-down at some point with Emma Gonzalez and her folks that I never, I'll, I'll never forget because um, they're just such wonderful people, and it was so easy. And they basically did know of the the Newtown film, and they un they understood that I understood some of the terrain of a traumatized community. And that experience, I did learn a lot. No expert, no training, but uh, I always put the needs of, of that trauma first. Yeah. Um, and they knew that it wasn't going to be exploitative. And so they trusted that. And it, it sort of went from there. You know, it was the same with Newtown, where there was like one seminal thing that in, in the case of Newtown, it was Father Bob, the priest. Right. And once it was like, that was the window in because Father Bob basically blessed this project, so to speak. And here it was a number of people who said, I think, I think that your aim is not exploitative here and we're sensitive to it because they had gotten so much media. So that's how it all started. And then I just kept with them for like two years and uh, went on the road with them after that, that historic march for an entire summer in almost 50 cities. I was there at almost every one. It's, it's been a, an incredible journey. Well, and just a little comment on Newtown and how emotionally raw that film was. Just how, just when I think of it, I think of all of the emotion pouring out of the parents, pouring out of the community, all of it. This film is emotional in, in sections and parts appropriately, but it's a much more um, in terms, of, and it's the subjects, it's much more measured, it's much more directed in terms of their energy, because they're at a point in their lives when they can start affecting the lives around them. And they were getting, they were beginning to realize that when they called that congressman. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, my recollection is, is that the state legislature was considering let gun legislation at that time. Or there was something about the particular session that they were in that was very relevant to what was ha what had happened at Parkland, and I maybe maybe I'm misremembering this, but I do remember that there was, and also the other thing was Florida was infamous for its the political sway of the NRA. I think maybe that's what I'm conflating. How influential the NRA was in Florida at the time of this shooting, and then the impact these these uh, these kids had on that trajectory. Um, does any of that ring true? Am I? Am I yeah, no, you're right on. Um, well, as we sit in the moment that we happen to be sitting in, only days away from probably the most historic election, certainly in my lifetime, you know, as they say, as goes Florida, 
And, you know, that's true of all things of, of elections. It's also in the gun space. You're, you're quite right. Florida was quite conservative uh, with its, its gun laws and legislation. At that point, a lot of kids showed up demanding first change in their own state. And uh, if I can say that former governor, um, you know, was was very uh, highly graded by the NRA. So he was in a tight spot there. You know, there were changes that they made. You know, it's all relative. It's like if you're looking for what they wanted and I agree with and they demanded and, you know, was to be looking at these assault style weapons in the hand of civilians, that wasn't going to happen in a state like Florida. You know, but if you start here, you know, my hand is up here, uh, you know, and they're just, you know, to me, it breaks my heart when I would see these middle schoolers saying no guns till 21, no guns. They're they're screaming. Don't give anybody don't give children guns or access to guns. You these know? are 12. These are 12 and 13 year olds that are yelling no guns until 21. Right. I mean, right, middle- right. they're saying like, please just change one of your laws. Right. You know, just something so small, so small. That's that what it was. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so um, they did they did get the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Uh, I forget the, the name of the legislation, but they did get they did get stuff done in Florida. I don't want to imply that they didn't. They, they definitely did. Then they went on, of course, to take it outside of the state. So that was true. But to your other point, like about um, being it, I went into this film wanting it to be completely different and in some ways an antidote to Newtown. Right. I made a choice to keep all of the faces kids. Really, we cut all the adults out. So it really was to be the voice of kids, to give them the mic, which felt appropriate because that's what they did on that stage only 37 days after their shooting. It wasn't for me to take the mic back. It was about establishing trust with the kids, that this was in fact collaborative in a, in a way that I was listening, that, I, that this wasn't a censored thing. They were really affected, as you see in the film, by the media and the onslaught of seizing on them in many different ways. And so the film for me was ultimately about transforming that trauma that I had chronicled in Newtown that I knew reverberated in so many places in the country into rage, the kind of healthy rage that teenagers have and how the resilience of teenagers and the smarts and their savvy of social media turned that into action and hope. And so I find the film to be incredibly hopeful. I say that humbly because I have to watch in these dark days, I have to watch certain things again or talk to them on the phone, which I do all the time to feel that hope. So it really, um, it buoys me and I hope the film does that for other people because it is um, a film about uh, a youth movement. It's not a film about Parkland or even about guns. It's really about a youth movement and what grew up out of that particular moment of saying enough is enough. Right. There's been too many of these. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director, Kim A. Snyder, about her new documentary film called Us Kids. And I'm going to echo what you just said about this movement that these young people, young adults uh, embarked upon, how quickly they did it, how well they did it, the the force of nature they were during those days when they were organizing the march and also 
they, when they were ferociously going after the legislators in Florida. And I look back on recent American history, and there are a few things that in my mind are harbingers of good things to come. One of them, going back to Occupy, that's sort of lost now. Occupy really was the thing that sparked so many other things that have come since. And that was organized by basically young people. But going back a little bit further to the march in 2003 against the war in Iraq, before the war in Iraq started, if you remember, several million people here in the, in the United States around uh, the country and around the world, somewhere between 20 and 30 million people organized and marched against the war, I think for the first time ever against a war that hadn't even started yet. So those are things. But I look at Parkland as kind of this other seminal moment. You can look at the demonstration, the Women's March after the during on Inauguration Day for Trump in 2016. But this, this, what we're talking about here, Parkland, I really do truly believe changed the trajectory of coming generations in terms of their political involvement, their outlook, taking control. And I really believe that to be true. For me, in my lifetime, for me, the most analogous thing is the Vietnam War, because there's a moment in the film where David Hogg says the reason young people fought so hard was because they saw their friends coming back in caskets dead. Right. I think there is something, uh, something that is born out of movements where young people are so enraged about something that didn't have to happen to their friend and to honor their friends in solidarity, to make sure their friends didn't die in vain. That emotion and that trauma, there's nothing like that to, there's just no stopping that, uh, you know, and what they do with that. And so I think that is what, um, that emotion, that raw emotion of, of losing people and knowing that their own lives are at risk and really feeling that, which you feel in the film that, you know, I think for a lot of the adult population, I think a lot of their primal scream that I try to in some way convey or, or, or give them a platform to, to, to have is we are an unnecessarily anxious Gen Z with so many problems. And, and one, one young reporter asked me a couple of weeks ago, very young, what were you worried about when you were my age? And I had to really stop and think, gosh, nothing compared to what you guys have nothing i was so it's just it's overwhelming the empathy i have for and i don't have kids so it's like i really came to it a blank slate i hadn't worked with kids that age and i i came in completely neutral you know not with a mission to uh, put them on a pedestal or fetishize them but i really thought gosh they, this generation man like this is scary to think you could go anywhere and be shot with an AR-15. It is scary to think that wildfires are going to come and burn down your home because of climate change or that your reproductive rights, you know, are going to be taken away from you any minute or that COVID's going to kill your grandpa. I mean, or yourself. I mean, these are terrifying times. These are the things that you know, as a 17-year-old, you know, kind of at a fragile age, you have nightmares about but you don't even, they're not even real. They're Orwellian. And these are things they're living through in yeah. real time. Well, in us kids, we get the perspective of all of them. Emma, you mentioned Emma Gonzalez, David Hogg, 
Samantha Fuentes. You get the unguarded moments with them, and the reflection on why they're where they are, how they got there, the, the, especially with Samantha, her friend Nick, who was killed literally right next to her. All of those different things, there are those moments in which they are so self-aware in a, in a good way. They're so connected in the context of their life that it just really is heartening. And I'm so glad you're able to capture it. I'm just so glad you're able to capture honesty and uh, vulnerability and the things that make this film so special. It's really so well done. You're, you get all of this in here. And for you, I'm sure as you were filming this, as you were getting to know them, as you were sitting there for that five-hour conversation you're having with them, you must have had a sense that these they, these young people are they're connected in the world that you and I weren't. I mean, we didn't have the internet, the internet, good and bad, but the internet at least provides some opportunity for them to understand the world around them in a way we never could have. So all of these things seem to, for, for me, seem baked into this film in a way that's, yes, you said it's a hopeful film. Is that sound appropriate? It, it, it does. And I, and I, again, sitting where we're sitting in this moment, this is such a historic moment. I see so many of them, and it's not just the kids in my film. It's, you know, I met hundreds of kids on the road. And I do have hope in this generation that we've chronicled. And I really see a lot of them as young patriots with a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. You know, these are kids who were on a bus reading, you know, exhausted and reading about policies in the next city and legislation that they were rolling through. These are kids that were saying we've got to take the reins and we've got to get involved and we've got to sacrifice all kinds of things. And so the other point of the film is that we do have moments where hopefully people can take in the idea that they are just kids. Yeah. They are the age they are being sort of thrust right. as many people in history have. I mean, and they're not the first into very mature kinds of terrain. Um, and they, and they, they step up like people have, since the beginning of time, who've had to, to walk into tough waters. This is a different world. This is a different set of circumstances and challenges. You know, there are things that will give them hope and there are things that will discourage them. And all of those things are in this film. And I'm so grateful, so grateful that you were able to capture this. I want to let people know how they can see the film beginning on. We open up theatrically, virtually in Alamo Draft House on the 30th. Uh, just before the election. So we hope that a lot of youth go there and we hope that um, they're inspired to by by the people in our film to get involved and make change and see a good movie. The uh, website is uskidsfilm.com. So go there and check it out. Uh, well, I want to thank Peabody award-winning documentary filmmaker, Kim A. Snyder. And the film again is called Us Kids. Kim, thank you so much for coming back to film school. Thank you so much for this inspired conversation. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.